I'm going to talk to you about joy just for a minute. Joy. I don't know that there's any other season or time of the year people speak so much about joy. Christmas joy. Joy with family and friends. But if the truth be told, a lot of people don't have that joy. It's all a facade. It's just... Maybe it's a manufactured thing to try to make the joy. But you can't do that. And I want you to go back right where we were to Matthew chapter 2, but I want you to get Matthew 28. I saw something I'd, I'd never seen before. You know, like I said this morning, there's nothing in the Bible that's an accident. It's, not, it's put together so divinely. And rarely do you have the phrase great joy in the Bible. Probably, I would say, rarely do people have great joy. Maybe they have a little bit. A lot of our fellow man, are, they're going to have just as much joy as they can get in their glass this weekend or tomorrow. But it's not going to last very long. But when you're talking about somebody that has great joy, it's, not, it's hard to find that in the Bible. You don't find it very many times. And in Matthew chapter 2, it was with these wise men. And we saw it when we were there the last time. But I want you to see Matthew 2.10 and I want you to go to Matthew 28. Matthew 2.10, the Bible said, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. So the revelation of God, of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, brought great joy to these men. Now look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28, the Bible says in verse number 5, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus. What were they doing in Matthew 2? So we have wise men, Matthew 2. I think we've got some wise women. I mean, the disciples aren't seeking him. These women are. Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and, what does it say? Great joy. Great joy at the revelation of the birth. Great joy at the revelation of the resurrection. Luke chapter 2, the great Christmas story. Luke chapter 2 and get Luke 24. Not only Matthew 2.10 has great joy, but Luke 2.10 has great joy. <laughs> you know, people that tell you even the verse numbers are, are to be questioned, you just question them and don't worry about what people say. This Bible's put together miraculously for a reason. Luke chapter 2 verse 10, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Great joy, 
which should be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Again, great joy at the revelation of the birth of the Savior. Luke chapter 24. Verse number 50. Luke 24, verse 50, and he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. I just think it is wonderful how... Matthew starts with Jesus coming and it's great joy. And it en- Matthew ends with great joy at the resurrection. And Luke comes to us with great joy at the announcement of the birth of the Savior. And he doesn't leave his book without telling these people who left the risen Christ as he ascended up into heaven had the same great. There is great joy from the start of the story to the end of the story. Amen. And it's all wrapped up in Jesus. And I would say this, that means this for us. If we cannot find joy in Jesus, we may have joy for a little while. We may have joy in an experience or an activity, but we won't have great joy. Because great joy is only found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no way around it. Your life is not going to be one with great joy unless this one who was the one that brought it brings it to your heart. Look, look at Isaiah chapter 35. Not only great joy, but then there's another little phrase. Everlasting joy. You know, you can have great joy, but if it doesn't last very long, then... That's, that's sort of a bummer, is it not? In other words, the value of something is going to be how long it lasts. If I have great joy for a moment and then I have misery for the rest of my life, then what's, what was the purpose of the great joy? I'm glad that the Bible tells us that our Lord not only gives us great joy, He gives us everlasting joy. It's going to continue. You know, your children, your family... Your marriage, your job, whatever, it could give you joy. Christmas time, you know, there's a lot of people that get a lot of joy out of this time of the year. That's great. That's fine. You ought to be joyful all the time. But, you know, some of the highest rate of suicide is not long after because it seems like it doesn't last for people. And then when they come down, they come down hard. You understand? It was a temporary happiness. Jesus not only gives us great joy, He gives us everlasting joy. He gives us something that will last forever. That's the promise of the prophet. In Isaiah chapter 35, the Bible says in verse number 10, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. God gives us promise of everlasting joy. In in chapter 51, look at the same prophet. 
Isaiah chapter 51. This is a wonderful text about the coming again of our Lord Jesus Christ and the wounding of the dragon. Praise the Lord, that's going to happen. Verse number 9. But in verse number 11 of Isaiah 51, the Bible says this, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Same thing he said a moment ago. And everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. You say, preacher, I, I know the Lord and sometimes my joy doesn't seem everlasting. I'm glad for a while, but the sorrow and the mourning does not seem to flee away so often. Go to Isaiah 61. We have the same phrase, everlasting joy, mentioned again. And and I find it striking that Isaiah 61 starts with the scripture. When Jesus stepped into the synagogue to preach, he opened to this text. When he began his ministry, he, he opened and started preaching from Isaiah 61, verse 1. It said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings, and the meek sent me to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Of course, he stopped there because that showed the day of grace of our Savior. But he is coming again, because the rest of the text says, In the day of vengeance of our God. Then he says to comfort all that mourn. He goes through this text about what the coming of Christ will do for people in their lives. And if you drop down to verse number 7, he says, For your shame shall ye have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their lands they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. This This is a prophecy of not the first coming of the Lord Jesus, but the second coming. His first coming brought joy, but his second coming is not just going to bring joy. His second coming is going to bring everlasting joy upon us. As he said in the text, the redeemed, they come back to Zion and everlasting joy is on their heads. Brothers and sisters, there's going to be a day where there'll be no more sighing than there'll be no more sorrow because the joy that my Jesus gives me is forever. It is a great joy, but it's a joy that doesn't end. And I'm going to have joy forever. I'm going to have joy in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. And I'm waiting for that event. So, so here, I've, I've got two, two phrases about joy. There's great joy. But ultimately, and it's around Jesus his person. And there's everlasting joy, and it's going to be associated with his coming again for me. But what about the middle? What about the middle? You know, in the back, our Bible calendars are back there. Brother Chris, would you throw a calendar up here for me? I think I've done what I, I think I have done. And, and while he's bringing that, would you go to John uh, 15 and Psalm 16, would you? I think I, I think I did this again. And, and you're welcome to t- take these Bible reading calendars. They're very simple. It takes you through the Bible in a year. But it also takes you through a few books twice. It'll take you through Psalms. 
twice and Proverbs twice and Philippians twice and Philemon twice and Second, Third John and Jude twice. But at the end of the year, the end of the year, the last day of the year, the Bible reading calendar has the book of Philippians. Because church, there is a disconnect between us and God if there's not joy in our daily lives. There's something missing. And for Paul to write that as a prisoner does not mean that our joys are connected with our circumstances. It's connected with our walk with God. There's great joy at the birth, at the resurrection, at the ascension. I know ultimately there'll be everlasting joy in the, for, with the presence of God and, and being with the Lord forever and ever and when Jesus comes again. But the Lord wants me to live my life. Look at John 15 with this type of joy. He says in John chapter 15, and a whole book in the Bible is about it. The whole book of Philippians is about it. John chapter 15, the Bible says in verse 11, Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Full joy. Full joy. In a daily experience because it's Jesus, it's his joy. But if his joy will be in me, not my joy, his joy. He's the one with the great joy. He's the one with the everlasting joy. But he can put his joy in me. And his joy can be filled in my life. And that's what so many people around the table this week or tomorrow... And through their daily lives, they're missing out. They're missing out on fullness of joy because it only comes in a daily walk with the Lord. The book of Psalms tells us in Psalm 16, verse 11, one of those powerful. This would be really a good life verse if you have that. David writes, this, this is an astounding verse. David writes, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In other words, God, I don't understand life. I don't know the bends and the twists and the turns that the path of life takes. Life is such an enigma without the Lord. Unless God reveals to us, life is is a mystery. Life is seemingly useless. Life is, it can be so filled with negatives. David said, you, Lord, you're going to, you show me the path of life. Watch it. What is life about? In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think, you think David always had a joyful feast in his life? Did he have any sorrows? Did he have any miseries? 
But this is what he wrote for us. He said, I tell you what, when I've been in his presence, my joy was full. When I was in Bathsheba's presence, when I was in Joab's presence, when I was in Absalom's presence, when I was in the presence of others, but when, Lord, when I have got in your presence, I have learned what life is about. You have shown me the path of life, and the path of life is you. And brothers and sisters, that's why our book says, for to me to live is Christ. Life is about Jesus, and without Him in our life, there is no joy, and nothing makes sense, and everything is hollow, and everything is empty, and we're always reaching for something we can't have. But if we'll be in his presence, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, evermore. Now, David, David, of course, he's in the presence of the Lord now. He ever will be. Those shepherds, those wise men, those disciples, they were in the presence of the Lord and had great joy. But see, when he went away, they still had the privilege of getting in his presence. And David, while he's writing that, understood what it meant to get in the presence of God. Though he, did, he, he was not there with the Son of God, but he, 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 in his life, got in the presence of the Lord and the Lord filled his life with joy. Can you find, is it a wonder that we run to the book of Psalms? When we need encouragement or when we need some joy or when we need some light in the darkness, we run to songs. But remember, we're usually running to a man that learned to find joy in the presence of God. And as he found that joy, he wrote it down for you. I can find that same joy. You can have that same fullness of joy. At thy right hand. There's fullness of joy. That's why the book talks about the Thessalonians, the Thessalonian Christians. They had joy, joy in the Holy Ghost. It was in their walk with God. So here's what I want to say to you. No matter how many dinners you have, no matter how many presents we give, no matter how many times we gather with family, no matter what happens in our lives, we cannot have a good fullness of joy without a good relationship with Jesus Christ. The closeness. And the wonder is that he would want to be close to us. You can walk with God. You can talk with God. You can fellowship with God. You can love on the Lord. You can worship the Lord. But so many fail to do that, and then they wonder why they don't have joy. And they say, well, the Bible doesn't work, and church doesn't work, and family doesn't bring me peace, so I've got to go somewhere to look. No, no, but go to the presence of God to find fullness of joy. Those other things are secondary. 
People seek everything in the world to find joy except the Spirit of God. Jesus said to the disciples, I've given you my joy. And he said this, no man taketh it from you. But you can give it away. Nobody can take it from you. An event of life can't take it from you. But you can give it away. I want you to have a joyous life. I want you to have a joyous week. I think there's something wrong with us if we can't be joyful with our families. We ought to be full of joy, but we ought to be full of joy constantly because there's great joy in Jesus and there's everlasting joy in Jesus. And if I walk with him, I'll have fullness of joy. And he put a whole book in the Bible, the book of Philippians, to remind us how we can have the joy of the Lord to be our strength.